Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with Steve Conroy, Des Roach and me, Lindsay Heron, as we pour over the main refereeing incidents and decisions over another, well, very exciting SPFL Premiership weekend. And there's only one thing that's dominating the headlines tonight, guys. Handball. Well, it's the it's the top, hot topic at the moment. I know when we go further into it, I'll express the, the, laws, the laws as how it states at this present time. I'll also express my own feelings about it and we'll get round the houses and we'll come to some sort of decision at the end of it. The thing is, Steve, it's um, it's so many fans get uh, frustrated because they're not entirely sure um, what constitutes a handball and what doesn't, especially after the, the recent events of uh, some of the decisions that have gone in the last couple of weeks since VAR was introduced. I guess we need some clarity, don't we? It's not just supporters that are frustrated by it. The likes of Des and I are frustrated by it as well. We can and we will. We'll talk about how the, the law is interpreted and what we think constitutes handball uh, just now. But I'm afraid, uh, as for you looking for clarity, I don't think there is any. And it's as frustrating for me as it is for for anybody else. It's oh, it's, it's just a heart sink just now. Let's get to the action then. And, and the, the big decision, of course, was the in the Celtic Dundee United game. Alexandro Bernabe, you know, judged to have handled the ball with his right arm, which is perhaps flailing out outwards, but he's not attempted to try and stop the ball with that arm, Des. That, that was the confusing thing and why Celtic were very disappointed by it all. And I think quite rightly so. When I seen it at the time, not at any point was I looking for any action to be taken. Uh, you didn't see any action being requested by the Dundee United players mm. who, who were there. My feelings at that moment in time, Bernabe has jumped for the ball. He tried to elevate himself. He's tried to balance in the air as you would expect. And he's not aware of where the ball is. He's not aware that the ball is going to be coming fired straight back at him. So my feeling is that that is not a penalty kick. It's not a deliberate act. The old wording of the law used to be have the word intent. Now, when we go and look at the, the laws again, the word intent has been removed. The law actually says a player makes his body unnaturally bigger for that specific situation. Now, that specific situation is him jumping three, four feet off the ground, mm -hmm. attempting to defend his ball legitimately and, and play for his team. The next bit, and this is the bit that blows me, the player takes a risk of their arm or hand being hit by the ball and being penalised. Now, what we're going for there is if the ball hits you, it's a penalty kick. Mm -hmm. That bit there, if at the player at, takes a risk of their hand being hit by the ball, not them hitting the ball, the ball hitting them. And to me, that's two entirely different situations. I think it's ridiculous. As I said, the word intent has gone. The ball can hit a player and it's a penalty. It's it's ludicrous and it's as frustrating for referees. And I don't blame the referees because they're only operating under the laws and the, the rules that they have got to do by, by their job. Mm -hmm. But IFAB who make these rules, the SFA are part of it. So they're part of making this, this law. It is just ridiculous. If you were covering that game, Steve, would you have given a penalty having watched the review on a television screen? Well, that, that's going to put us <laughs> in a position. I'll, I'll start saying that by when Des and I were refing. Not in a million years would you give that a penalty. Wouldn't it cross your mind for a second? Yeah. And I think it's very telling that Stephen Fletcher was the one that headed it back at him from whatever distance he was, a, a couple of steps away. Didn't claim for it at all. Was looking for where the ball was going. Wasn't Nobody was looking for that penalty. So in, in our day, no, you wouldn't be giving that a penalty, not in a million years. Now, and it pains me, it pains me just as much as it does Des, yes, that's a penalty. I would do it through gritted teeth, I would hate it, and, and I'd be trying to console the, the, the defender when I'm giving it. But under the letter of the law just now, that is a penalty. 
shocking as the letter might be, and uh, I did put on one of the social media things over the weekend, uh, the old saying, the law is an ass. <laughs> and this is a example of the law being an ass. Hate it, absolutely hate it. But that's a penalty in the current climate. Exactly. I mean, we've got a couple of, you know, messages in from from listeners, you know, Danny Gray saying, you know, even the laws of the game, that's still not a penalty, but it's not a deliberate act of handball. But you've explained it, Des, that, you know, this is the way of the world nowadays, it would appear. We've got another one, K60RDO. What about the SFA getting all the refs to sit them down with all the managers and explain all the scenarios that, uh, that handball will count as a penalty? Is that something that's done or should be done? Certainly, it used to be in our day uh, when Steve and I were, were operating. It was done at the start of the year that the team managers and team captains were invited along to Hamden to have a sit down, explain any changes to the laws of the game for that season. It wasn't always taken up by all the clubs. The offer was there. There's nothing to say that the managers and the clubs can't go and educate themselves because the laws of the game are available online 24-7. But as we've always said, it's the, it's the application and, and interpretation. My interpretation for that penalty that incident is that's not deliberate that's not meant that's not a penalty kick however the application has to be to the letter of the law and the letter of the law unfortunately says it's a penalty kick I wholeheartedly disagree with it and I feel that Celtic were very uh, unfortunate to lose that one but going forward and we'll see some later on if the ball hits you not you hitting the ball if the ball hits you you run the risk of being penalised and those are the words that they use I just don't see that I really don't it goes against every spirit Mm -hmm. of the game of football we said, that Steve, a couple of weeks ago, of course, day one or week one, rather, of uh, VAR, you know, a big miss in the Tynecastle game between Hearts and Celtic. Michael Smith's handball when he blocked the, the James Forrest cross into the box, missed by Nick Walsh and and not even questioned by Stephen McLean in the box, uh, in the studio, wherever it is. Do you think that um, perhaps on the back of that, as you guys had suggested, that, that they're ever more vigilant? And that's why perhaps, Steve, that the, the Celtic part one was awarded. I do think that the the one that Stephen the, the few weeks ago that was that was a glaring miss, and I really don't know how that was missed. I don't know if Stephen reviewed it and just thought it wasn't a deliberate. There's us using a deliberate word that didn't think uh, it hit his hit his arm. Did he think he wasn't natural? We think that 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 was wrong. You know, it's getting to me, and I, I keep saying that uh, you know you, you don't want it to be like rugby with a TMO, but every single incident is, is looked at it's getting that way and you know and it's it's so frustrating especially for a team like Celtic and Postacoglu says he wants to play a million mile, miles an hour all the time you can't do that if they're going to be spending two three minutes looking over every incident of note in a game I, I worry that it's maybe changing how people are, are refereeing they, they probably are over analysing it because they don't want to be the one that they make another error because now that you're looking at VAR there's no excuse when you're seeing it in slow-mo and you're seeing it over and over, there's no no excuse for making a mistake. Mm-hmm. They probably are over-analyzing, but that still doesn't take away, like it or not, and we certainly don't, that one at the, the weekend was a penalty under the current climate. So arguably, you both agree that the, the Nick Walsh-Steve McLean mistake at Tynecastle was a mistake, clearly. So by definition, I guess they've learned from it by awarding that penalty at Celtic Park, as, as obtuse as that sounds. Well, we did say that it will be used as a as a teaching point, and I think it was a is it ironic that the VAR official at the Celtic game this week who mm-hmm. did give the penalty was Nick Walsh. So that, that's a that's maybe a bit of serendipity there. Uh, <laughs> but you're running the risk now that any time the ball strikes your hand in the penalty area, you will be penalised by a penalty. And if that's the way it is, and it, it gets applied and the laws are applied fairly, 
the whole time mm-hmm. and nobody can agree but you're going to have now unnatural positions of players jumping with arms at the side and oh I don't know I really don't know it's, it, it's going to get a bit or it, certainly looking as if it's going to get farcical The guaranteed way is if you either have your hands behind your back or you jump with your arms down by the side and all these incidents that we're talking about they're saying it's an unnatural position you can't get any more unnatural than jumping with your arms behind your back or having them sellotaped to your side it's <laughs> ridiculous one of the it says and I are part of one of our colleagues um, said that it's, it's gone so far that it's bringing the game into disrepute it, it absolutely is because you know, you could just go and Des and I could do it. You could just be in the box and blitter the ball at somebody, and you're going to get a penalty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nonsense, absolute nonsense. Maybe the players should wear long sleeves and then uh, stick their arms inside their, their shirts or something like that and jump up and down. They'll be bouncing about as if they're like a 1980s pop concert. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, let's stick with penalties because it's uh, it's it's the topic. You know, Des mentioned serendipity there, but what about karma, Steve? Talking about Aberdeen Hibs on Friday night, and of course, this was the you know the the pre the previous fixture between the two sides at Easter Road produced that uh, explosive incident. Ryan Porteous winning a penalty and forcing Liam Scales to be sent off, and Jim Goodwin's reaction to all of that, leading to his own touchline ban, which we'll come to in a minute. But of course, there they, there they go. They meet again at Petardre, and Luis Lopez, commonly known as Duke runs into the box and wins himself a penalty under a challenge, allegedly, from David Marshall. You know, was it a dive? Perhaps. Uh, and all of a sudden, Aberdeen get the penalty and they've gone to win 4-1. Yeah, indeed. Uh, you know, uh, karma, right enough. To be a fly on the wall when Mr Goodwin got into the change room and talked about that one. Yeah, you know, of, of all the fixtures for this to happen. And I have to say, initially, but and I've spoken to Des about this, my first instinct was that it was a dive. But then seeing it in, uh, on review, I'm not entirely sure. I'm, st- I'm still not completely made my mind up. But, you know, it, it, it really is karma. And I'm sure he must have been laughing up his sleeve at that one. That's a good one. <laughs> I love these post-match, Des. You know, I, I don't think we perhaps deserve to win quite as much as we did do. You know, it was that kind of stuff, wasn't it? Maybe 3-1 would have done. <laughs> But again, I mean, interesting stuff because um, not only does he give the was the penalty given Des, but the the retake was ordered again for encroach. Oh, sorry, for David Marshall coming off his line, and these are things that the naked eye might not pick up. Well, for the initial incident with Duke, um, um, I do think it was a dive. When I first seen it, I thought, oh, it looks like a penalty. When you reviewed it and you seen it properly, the ball had gone too far away. He'd, he'd knocked the ball out consequentially, and he he's got the challenge from David Marshall, but he's initiated the contact. So for me, it's a dive. And I've used the word before, if it's a dive, it's cheating. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I am with that. I thought that it was um, VAR got involved. Is that correct? Well, it's all got to be looked at. It's all got to be looked at. For your question regarding the... Well, sorry, to go back to that with the VAR. Just because VAR brings you across and says that my opinion is you might need to look at that. Mm-hmm. David was quite happy not to award that. Whether you're right or wrong, you've got to have the courage of your convictions to stand by it. Because VAR says they want to speak to you, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you need to take that that bit of advice for the goalkeeper encroachment yeah the naked eye probably wouldn't be looking at it so specifically but it took a long time to to be called back and you could see the frustration in, in David Marshall you could see the frustration in the whole Hibernian team but it was correct if you're getting the correct decisions then that's why it has been introduced it was just the fact that it did take an extended amount of time and I know David Matt you seen it actually was trying to boot the ball away and it came off one of the Aberdeen players uh, and thankfully David managed to control that situation it could have been a bit <laughs> could have been a bit hairier but the encroachment, if it's going to get picked up, you need to do that pretty much straight away. The ball was in the other half, so the play had play had progressed. 
but yeah right decision taken but we've said it is going to take a wee bit of time to get there so still only in the early days hopefully we'll speed up and just going back to the, to that whole Hibs Aberdeen scenario Steve I mean obviously we talked about it before Jim given Jim Goodwin that is given that savage eight match ban six plus two which Aberdeen understandably appealed and the SFA halved it and made it a three match ban with two sus- to be suspended you know, you do wonder why they make these snapshot decisions in the first place and waste so much time and effort in these things. Uh, absolutely. But again, you know, Des and I have both expressed bewilderment at the, the workings and the thinking of the, the SFA. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Under no circumstances was a ban, to use your word, as savage as that merited for Mr Goodwin giving an opinion, an, an opinion that on that occasion was right. <laughs> The penny dropped somewhere up there that they, they realised that they just, I think they'd made a fool of themselves. Um, and it's funny, it just dawned on me there just now, the irony of David Marshall getting pulled up for coming off his line on that one uh, when you think back to... <laughs> Scotland against Serbia. Yeah, David Marshall, of course, was the hero um, in Scotland's Euro 2020 qualifier against Serbia by saving a penalty, which he might have been off his line a little bit. Not quite sure. It tells you it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't count in those kind of games. It doesn't count. <laughs> And equally, um, you know, there was no VAR in, in in place, of course, in that first Hibs Aberdeen game. I'd like to be, I'd be interested to know what a VAR's decision would have been on that Liam Scales Brian Porteous challenge then, but that's neither here nor there now, unfortunately. And another mistake by the SFA, if you don't mind picking up on that one, and, and it's the rescinding of the the Tony Watt red card. Des, I mean, we talked about it last week, and it was. You know, it it seemed like a harsh decision at the time. But the interesting thing about it was John Beaton had given nothing. And then on review, he gave the red card. And then it's been subsequently appealed and it's back down to a yellow. So is that three mistakes in the one situation <laughs> from, from everyone involved? I said last week at the time, when obviously we were, we were watching it, well, uh, Tony Watts went for the challenge. He's realised he's not going to get there and potentially putting his opponent in danger and pulled out. It wasn't a red card for serious foul play. Absolutely not. Reckless and dangerous, which is a caution. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. And we said that at the time. And also at the time we said to go from zero, play on, continue to a red card. That's that, that that's astronomical. You're, you're just going straight through the gears there. So I think common sense has been shown. A yellow card is suffice. What doesn't help them is the fact that they went down to 10 men and they're getting into a losing position. Yeah. And to reference the the Ryan Porteous incident earlier when you said VAR wasn't available for that game but it was available on Friday night Yeah, again exactly what we've said you're refereeing games to different standards and teams are getting different sanctions yeah. points lost all because of when this has been brought in the Tony Watt situation, uh, Steve, I guess, another example of, you know, just a basic error, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're still waiting for the first refusal to accept a VAR review. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know what the thinking is among the guys. Maybe they don't want to be the first one that overturns VAR and then being proved that they've been wrong on two occasions. But somebody's going to have to, what, what's the phrase? Somebody's going to have to step up to the plate. Somebody's going to have to do it. Courage of your own conviction. It, it, it just, it, Oh, absolutely, you, you should do it. And you would think somebody as senior as John Beaton who saw it and thought nothing of it. For him to, to, to go from nothing play on to a red card and then for his red card to be uh, downgraded to yellow. I, I know if it was me and maybe a, something more of my personality than anybody else's, I would be livid at that. But there we are, that, that, that's more an indictment of me than anybody else. But somebody has to, somebody has to say no to that. Yeah, well, that's been the, like I think we we discussed it last week a little bit. I mean, two weeks in, two big big mistakes that that, that proved quite costly. Although in the, in 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 the essence, the, the Celtic missed handball 
or the Hearts missed handball at Tynecastle didn't matter in the grand scheme of things because Celtic won that game. But it clearly mattered in Dundee United Motherwell, you know, with, with Tony Watt being sent off. So, you know, that's a, a case in point, isn't it, Des? Absolutely. And these are the things we've said. Celtic and Rangers will tend to win most games and the VAR will, will, will come into it. But it's the teams at the other end who are scrapping for points mm-hmm. and who are wanting to stay in the league, wanting to get European places. When it goes against them, then it's got far more far-reaching consequences. So we don't want to see mistakes made at all. VARs are there meant to get it right. You've got the technology. There is no excuses now not to get it right. Let's be honest. We've done it on our own for all and sundry. Now the, the, the communication's there. And again, we'll reiterate what Steve, myself, yourself have said along. It's not the interpretation. It's the application and interpretation of the law. Mm-hmm. It's two different referees with two different views. They're not always going to see eye to eye. And I would like to think that if Steve called me across or I called Steve across saying, look, I want you to look at this incident. If you still feel in your your stomach that, no, I'm quite happy with my own decision, then be man enough to make that decision and carry the can on your own thereafter. It's up to you, whether that's praise or not criticism, but you know what I mean. But it happens at the highest level too, Steve. Obviously, um, last week, Celtic were over at uh, the famous Santiago Bernabeu facing Real Madrid and two handball decisions given against Celtic in that game. And, you know, the referee on each occasion called to the the, the TV monitor at the side of the pitch and on each occasion, Stephanie Frappard gave the the penalties. Um, Nobody, nobody, like you say, very few uh, go against what the VAR says. Yeah, absolutely. You, you take it as read now that if you go to the monitor, then it's, uh, the decision's going to be changed. And that's not right. As we, we, we said, long and weary, and it seems long and weary now. VAR's there to correct clear and obvious errors. It's not there to highlight a difference of opinion between me and Des. If it's a matter of opinion, you leave it. You don't You don't even get anybody to review it, unless Des does want you to come over and say, Steve, how will you look at that? And I'll look at it and say, no, I'm happy. And Des can say, right, fine, crack on. It's not there to debate opinion, and that, that's just a nonsense. It's there to correct clear and obvious errors. Sadly, it's that's not what we're using it for just now. But again, I, I will re-emphasise, just in case anybody hasn't heard us properly, we still think that was a penalty at the weekend for, for Dundee United. I know, I know. That's, that's the irony of it, Des, isn't it? You know, that, that they have learned from the, the Michael Smith mistake, if you like, and they have, by the letter of the law, given that penalty. And that's what you would want to see happen. If you know there's a clear and obvious error, which that clearly was, but wasn't acted upon, mm-hmm. then the Scottish FA have always been proactive and in saying to their guys, no, look, this, this, is, the, this is the law, mm-hmm. this is the interpretation, this is the application, now go ahead and follow the instruction. So they obviously have welded the error on the first one. Thankfully, it didn't cost Celtic anything, but they have learned, they have, we said it's a learning point, so they've learned from it. I'm talking about clear and obvious errors, and this might cause a little bit of debate, but um, there might have been one up in Dingwall in the Ross County St Mirren game. It looked like, you know, St Mirren striker Ayunga was taken out of the play, Des. To me, not only was it not even given by the, the on-field official, the, there was no call for VAR to get involved. Which I was quite surprised that Steve and I are going to difference in opinion here. I thought it was a penalty for someone, quite clearly. Part of the ball was taken. John Beaton, when I looked at the looked at the game, John Beaton is looking at it. He can see the direction that the ball's moved in. Willie Collum was his VAR. And again, Willie has decided to have no intervention. If it's a penalty incident, it has to be looked at. Mm-hmm. So I would have ex- expected, again, two things have happened. The same as the Hearts game. There has been no conversation or no information from Willie to John to say, come and have a look at this. 
or there's actually been nothing said at all mm. and saying, no, just just play on. But I, 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 I feel it was wrong. And what also surprised me with that being Willie, who was VAR, Willie's our most trained official operating at this moment with VAR because he's been involved in UEFA for a number of years. That's right. So he'll have been in all the training courses prior to and including the Scottish FA's training courses. Mm -hmm. So I would have expected Willie to get involved in that, um, particularly given his experience and his, his reading of the game and the use of the technology. I know that you differ on that one a bit, Steve, but do you think there was just too much going on in the box and it didn't uh, necessitate uh, a further review? I think any, you know, and now I, I think any penalty incident, unless it is, you know, somebody doing a canton now and somebody, any penalty <laughs> incident really is going to have to be reviewed. Because nothing happened there, the, the assumption is that Willie didn't even bother to, and that's going to come out wrong, he didn't think that there was anything in there to review. Now, I, I, I don't agree with that. Any kind of contentious penalty issue needs to be looked at, needs to be, do it quickly, but there needs to be a, a discussion over it. Personally speaking, and we are at variance on this one, I don't think it was a penalty. I wouldn't, wouldn't argue if, if one was given, but that's because it's an opinion. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't argue either way, but maybe that's why, you know, I'm talking talking myself round in circles here. If I'm saying it's it's an opinion and Willie looks at that and thinks he is just an opinion piece, uh, he's assuming that there is no clear and obvious error to uh, correct. Why would he get involved? You know, it still is early days, but it would be good if we heard what the official decision from on high was on things like that but, uh, and whether it should have been reviewed. Do they think it was a penalty? Mm -hmm. uh, all the rest of it. But the bottom is, I, I was okay with it not being, but it's a matter of opinion, and I wouldn't argue with with those who thought it was a penalty. Yeah, no, I'm, again, refereeing is subjective. It's your opinion at that time. And if Willie had got John across and John still didn't think it was a penalty, I would hope, John, that may have been my first one where VAR was overturned. But I think there was enough for it, enough for it for me. But I'd certainly think that there had to be a bit of two-way communication there regarding what they saw, what they thought they saw, and what was factual evidence. Not to uh, communicate, I think, would have, been, would have been wrong, but that's not to say that that didn't happen. But just from the perception that we've seen, I think it was a penalty. Steve doesn't. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, we, we are sometimes, obviously, speaking out of ignorance. That's not to say that there wasn't communication between the two of them, mm -hmm. but it, it should be kind of it should be uniform. We should be doing every uh, every incident. Well, let's give some credit where credit's due, then, guys. I mean, the the Hearts game, you know, looked like a clear red card for uh, George Grant, and also a clear penalty for Hearts that ended up winning them the game uh, with ten men, which was a, a gutsy performance. Would you agree with that, Dens? Yep, both of them. When I seen the George Grant tackle for the first time at real live pace, I thought it was a red card. When I've seen it subsequently from different angles slowed down, I still think it's a red card. I think it's serious foul play. He's went in at speed. He's went in with intent. Not intent to, to hurt the play, but intent to, to be wholehearted in it. He didn't get the ball. It's not reckless and dangerous, which would be a caution. It is serious foul play. He's went in at pace and he could have done that that other player opposition uh, serious damage. Mm -hmm. And I think Kevin and David Monroe, who was the VAR official that day, I think they got it absolutely correct. The penalty... Yeah, I think it was a penalty for, for Hearts. I know they won it. But we've already went over what handball is. <laughs> and if that ball hits you in the hand, again, it hits you on the hand, it's a penalty kick. Disagree with it. But I think the public now realise that it's going to be a penalty. Mm -hmm. And managers and players accept it and probably not graciously, but they understand that, that if the ball hits you, tough, all bets are off. And equally in the Comarnock match, a handball 
given against the Killy defender Stokes, who didn't have the best of nights. He'd a, no, no, he <laughs> popped a ball into his own net as well, which wasn't very helpful, but um, totally accidentally, of course. But again, he was claiming he was pushed, uh, but didn't look much in that one, Des, did it? There was, there was physical contact, but that's going to happen when the ball's getting crossed into the box. What you don't want to do is you don't want to be jumping, if you're a six foot two centre half, you don't want to be jumping with your hands at eight feet because it's going, to, it's going to hit you or you're going to hit it. That one, I would say, he hit, he hit the ball. So that's more understandable, mm-hmm. the, the, the penalty kick, but no qualms from that whatsoever. Just a question for you, Steve, just before we wrap up. Would it be, you know, maybe prudent of the SFA, and, and uh, I'm not trying to lead you up the garden path here, but maybe to come out on a Monday with, and explain some of the, the actions that have happened over the weekend, give a review of how their stars have performed with VAR now very much in our midst. They have to come out and, and talk about it. They, it. It's gone off, maybe not as badly as uh, Mr Maxwell predicted, but there's certainly been umpteen talking points, things that have worked, things that haven't, and things that, frankly, we, we don't understand and need to be explained to us. But I would suggest that they probably leave that to a Tuesday so that they can hear what Des and I have said, and then that might lead them to the, the big decision. <laughs> but surely they have to and, and tell us how, how the guys are performing in, in their eyes. But again, sense and the SFA sometimes aren't the best bedfellows. Just think about it, Des. I mean, they could offer transparency and clarity to the, the football world at large if Crawford Allen or, or someone come out and said, look, we realise that that shouldn't have happened or this should have happened, and you know, but we're going to change it. We're going to make sure it's happening in the future. I have one, one answer to it. It won't happen. <laughs> it, it really won't. They, down a few years ago when I was involved, of doing the whistleblower on their website on a on a Monday, and it gave the referees the the right of reply to an extent to try and explain this. But what I think they found it it was just people were just jumping on it, and it was like another mistake, another mistake, another mistake, and that's all. They weren't praising the referees for getting the correct decisions. No. It was just somewhere there as a to use them as a as a punch bag, and that's not what the SFA want. They want to build confidence, and it's not a it's not a situation they'll go down. They're going to slate their own guys. And I know certainly the previous incumbent, in my opinion, was was too uh, was too protecting of the the clubs and not protecting enough of the referees. So I don't see it ever happening. I would, I wish they did. I'm sure that Steve and I would be invited up for a cup of tea and a hobnob <laughs> um, and some cordial chat. And which I would be more than happy to to be involved with any kind of uh, communication. But I would love it to happen, but I never see it happening. Like you say, it doesn't look like anything like that's going to happen anytime soon. No, it doesn't seem to happen in many other leagues either. In fairness, football authorities, by definition, seem to be very close-knit and unwilling to share their feelings with the public at large. But on this occasion, they, they could they could take the moral high ground and come out and set the agenda. So it wouldn't be like the old uh, whistleblower where uh, we, we were just there to get absolutely annihilated and be the, the, the front of everybody's gripe. They come out and they lead it and they show us uh, the examples. They, they don't need, you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, a bolt from the blue. It's not going to be anything, you know, miraculous that they come out and talk about the, the Harps handball they, uh, that we must come out and say why um, the Dundee United one was a penalty. Mm-hmm. You come out and say, you know, the, the Harps one where, where Grant gets sent off. What I, what I thought about that was, you know, somebody as experienced as Kevin, do we really need a review for him to pick out? to confirm that it was a barn door uh, red cap. At, at what stage do things need to be reviewed? All these things could be led by them. But yeah, I, I, I do think they're, they're such a secretive organisation. They would, uh, would much rather that people lived in blissful ignorance. 
<laughs> and then come out and actually say, here's, here's how we're here. Oh, exactly. Here's hoping you never know, Des, in the future there might be some enlightenment. But before that, two more uh, rounds of fixtures before uh, the SPFL Premiership goes into winter hibernation for the Qatar World Cup. But uh, we'll be back next week to dissect all the main incidents in these games. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Get Involved Referee. Get Involved Referee.